There's only been one 20-20-20 game in the history of the league, and it was by the guy who rewrote the record book, Wilt Chamberlain. This is not about reputation. It is about production. Injury and them being able to maintain their composure. Because right now, uh, Draymond and KD both have 16 technical fouls. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Rick Buecher joins Skip and Shan to discuss the Warriors' run at winning a third straight NBA championship. Are the Warriors going into the playoffs? I've said it all year. They've been vulnerable all year. They are a mediocre defensive team. They've been a mediocre defensive team all year. Everybody is sloughing it off to the fact that, oh, it's boredom, it's fatigue. Once we get to the postseason, they'll be good to go. This is what I know about championship teams, and you guys do as well. Your habits make you who you are. Mm -hmm. They have developed an array of bad habits, mm -hmm. particularly at the defensive end. Mm -hmm. When the game gets more physical in the postseason, the offense, the offense has still been terrific. It always will be. They just have too much firepower. That's not how the postseason is won. Mm -hmm. And so I look at that, I look at where they are physically. I don't believe this is, I believe this is a reflection, uh, all, all these guys getting ejected and they didn't, they didn't criticize the refs. They mocked the referees the other night. It yeah. was a terrible, terrible it, it look. Terrible. Yeah. They look out of character to me. And I believe it is a reflection mm -hmm. of they know that their game is not where it needs to be for them to win another championship. Mm. And they're just hoping that light is going to turn when they get to the postseason, I see guys physically that are, again, talked a little bit about it with Russ. I see guys who are physically worn down from the run and guys that are important at the defensive end. Hmm. Well, this is where, uh, uh, Rick, you and I are going to we're gonna have to part ways. Mm. Uh, um, I don't believe they're vulnerable at all mm. with injury and them being able to maintain their composure. Because right now, uh, Draymond and KD both have 16 technical fouls about to be suspended the game. You get another one, you get suspended the game. It resets once you get to the playoffs. You mm -hmm. get seven, you go sit down. Injury, obviously, that takes everybody out of the equation. I believe this team healthy. I believe the Rockets are the only one that can give them a problem because the Rocket can shoot the three and they have a guy that can go get you 60. And I think at, at the end of the day, you, yeah, defense wins your championship, but you're going to have to score. Because the likelihood, I mean, Houston held them last year twice to under 100. They won both games. They did. But does Houston have that same type of defensive power, firepower with no Trevor Reza, with no Mbaugh Mute? Basically, they go P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella, CP3. Harden has tried to play a little better, but that's not his expertise. Mm -hmm. He's an offensive magnifico. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but when I look at this, the question that I always go back to, yeah, can someone beat them? Can OKC beat them a game? But can you beat them four times in seven games? Mm. That's what you're going to have to sure. do. And Houston Rockets came the closest we've seen someone to beating them last year. They had them. Had them. See, I believe, I think you believe, Rick, I don't know what you think. Had CP3 not injured that hamstring, I believe they take Golden State down. We'll never know. Mm. But you reset now, Skip, because it's a different ball game. So you start that process all over again. I believe if this team is healthy, They'll win the championship. Now, if KD messes around and get thrown out of a close ball game yep, yep. and it swings it or, yeah. or Draymond or Boogie, 
Now you got three hotheads yep. on the team. You got Boogie, KD, and Draymond. So at any given moment, one that's, of those guys could be, could be lost in, in a oh. close ball game. You lose one of those game, guys in a close ball game, you up out of there. Hmm. By the way, speaking of DeMarcus, he just dominated Jokic last night. Yeah. That, that's like just shocking. He going to bully everybody except probably Embiid. Yeah. <laughs> that said, I'm with Rick on this. Uh-oh. This team is the most vulnerable it has been since Kevin Durant knocked on the door and said, can I play? Right? <laughs> yeah. Can I play? It, it, it's not physically, it's, it's mentally vulnerable. It's on hair trigger from night to night. I, I know they've said all the right things, but I still can't believe that KD and Draymond made peace over that early season B-word incident. Well, ask him, he there. The, a peace... They've brokered uh, detente, shall detente. we say. Are they, boy, are they boys? I mean, it used like, to be those guys would go out after yep. all the time. Right. They were around each other. It's not like that. But they're putting all that aside to say okay. we have bigger fish to fry. Okay. Hmm. Last Friday night, I watched that game, and I was just, like, horrified over the reaction at the end of the game <laughs> because Steph Curry, who can be this sweet little cuddly play toy to a lot of people, he, that what's his name, Marat Kogut, the ref. Yeah. They just went off on him. Steph made a tremendous shot to tie the game and ran up the floor, just pointing at the referee. I'd never seen anything. It's like beneath the dignity of a two-time MVP. You. Yeah, he's like you. You, you, you did this. You did <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. What? And then he's after, lucky he didn't get teed up right there. Yes. Huh. And then after the game, they all just unloaded on this referee, yeah. who's a tenth-year NBA ref. 500-plus games. And, Skip, the league, in their last two minutes report, they, they backed they up every not, single thing the referees did. I'm not now, sure about that, Okay, that, that's fine. Understood. Be that as it may. But what? they will go back at a referee if they get it really wrong. Yeah, they we can will. debate, sure. but they're all debatable. And the bottom line is they're champions. You're supposed to be above this. Huh. Steph is supposed to be above, above this. Now you're going to mm -hmm. taunt a referee? Because of one game against the Timberwolves? Yeah, really? it was mocking. And that what, was a good word to use it. For was it was mocking. And then Draymond tweets after the game, very, it's like between the lines, but he, he tweeted TD for one tweet, Tim Donaghy. And then the next one was MK for Marat Kogut, saying, you know, they're, they're somehow <laughs> equal, yeah. right? And he got fined for that. And he should have, they all should have gotten fined more than they did because yeah. it was just little wrist slap fines. But this was ugly, out of control. What are you doing? And it's they, look, they still had a game to play. Yeah. You talk about losing your focus. It's one thing if they go off afterward or the result is determined. You're in the middle of mm -hmm. the game and you are distracted by a call. Mocking a referee and putting yourself in danger of losing the game. I mean, if they go and they shoot a technical game over, you haven't mm. had a chance to win it. What do you think, Rick, that Lakers will look like on opening night next season? First of all, I just appreciate that I get to be here <laughs> at, at ground zero of the battle. It is a joy to be in the midst of, of, of this. Where do I see them at the beginning of next season? I see them with a new head coach. I see them with a B-list star signed through free agency. Really? And, yeah, Such I believe. As, I, like? Uh, Jimmy Butler, okay. Kemba Walker, mm -hmm. uh, okay. and, and probably overpaying paying A-list money for a B-list player. The, the issue is going to be how do you fit and how do you build the rest of the roster?
And that's going to be the challenge for Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka. And that's where you have to be in the weeds. And that's where you have to have relationships and you have to be able to dig out mm -hmm. those, those hidden gems. And that's where when we set the bar, because I know you've set the bar and the expectation is LeBron James came here to win a championship. Mm -hmm. He's going to deliver at least one to the Lakers. That's where I just don't see it happening. Next, Steven Jackson joins the Lock It In crew to break down the possible seating in the 2019 NBA playoffs. Welcome back to Lock It In. I'm Rachel, Todd, Berman, Clay Travis, Cousin Sal joining me. I want to welcome in our good friend, FS1 basketball analyst and NBA champion, Steven Jackson. That accent was nice. That's pretty good, right? Thanks for joining us today, Sax. <laughs> and when Sax is here, you know it's time for some round ball talk, as you do. All right, let's jump right into it. Before we move on, i got to get something off my chest. I feel like there's an elephant in the room right now. Steven, um, our good friend Sal has been nonstop trash-talking the NBA over the past few weeks. I don't know if you've heard any of that, but I just want to know how you feel about that, being the superstar of the NBA. Uh, are you feeling disrespected right now? No, not at all. I mean, the, the game is the game has changed. A lot of things that that he probably said, I probably agree with. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Know, the, 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 the league, the, the league is just not what it used to be. Man. I'm sorry. I'm rocking with Sal. Sal, Stephen, it's not like how many games did you ever really take off for change. load management? <laughs> Never. <laughs> really? Never. I went. I went. I, I played three years with a fractured toe. Wow, you're the man. <laughs> Oh, man, That's that, how I do the show. That really way. backfired on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, both the San Antonio Spurs and the Oklahoma City Thunder are in action tonight, and both teams are battling for that seventh seed. Stephen, who has the better shot at upsetting the one seed in the West, the Spurs or the Thunder? Well, the Thunder, have been, they've been looking terrible right now. Obviously, Russ and Paul had a great first half of the season, but they're finishing off on a terrible note. I got to go with San Antonio. The coach, they have the better coach, they have the better system, they have the better supporting cast. I got to go with San Antonio. Okay. Uh, Todd, who has the best shot at upsetting the one seed in the first round of the playoffs, OKC or San Antonio? Well, full disclosure, Sal actually debated taking today's show off because he got a paper cut when he was preparing earlier. He said oh, it was pretty nasty oh, with the cardboard. Thank you. Finally. I'm, I'm not riding with so Sal no more. Where does that come so, from? Yeah, so, so Steven <laughs> had a lot more toughness there, but I agree with him with San Antonio for a lot of the reasons he mentioned. You look at this team, veteran leadership, better coaching, Oklahoma City taking on water at the wrong time of the season. We know they have the star power, but I don't think that's going to be enough to even push a series to six games should they draw Golden State in the opening round. San Antonio's clicking. They won't be able to win that series, but I think they can at least put up a fight. Yeah. All right, uh, next topic over in the Eastern Conference, the Bucks and the greatest team in sports history. I mean, come on, the Raptors and the Sixers are all 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. I see you shaking your head, Todd. Steven, right now, who do you like to come out of the East? I just, I like Philly. Right, I mean, I like, I like what Embiid, I like what Embiid's doing. He's been real dominant. And having Jimmy Butler, having Tobias Harris, having J.J. Riddick, guys that can make plays and make shots, and the playoffs, the game slows down. You have have a guy that can get that can finish the game and Jimmy Butler and a guy that can control the whole game on both sides of the ball and then beat you got a chance you got a chance to be real successful in these oh, all right uh, Sally Sal what do you have to I, say I would not bet Philly with Steven's <laughs> broken right toe I would not take him at all I like Milwaukee two to one odds because I think they're gonna be a sizable favorite obviously in the first round the playoffs one versus eight and then if they'll play uh, Indiana or Boston they'll be good they're six and three against Boston Toronto and uh, who's the other team? What do I say? It's Boston, Toronto, and, and Philly. Philly. That's right. They're six to three against those teams. I think they'll be a favorite, and two to one is a good number. Okay. Uh, and finally, there is an interesting prop bet out there, and it's will the Lakers win a title by the 2021-22 season, which is LeBron's final contract year? Yes is plus 450, and no is minus 
6.56. Will the Lakers win a title during LeBron's tenure in L.A.? And did you ever take the rest of your season off? He's talked about not sitting out, but did you early retire from the season ever? Uh, not that I recall. <laughs> not that I recall. I, don't, I, I definitely don't remember that. I just see it really depends on this summer. I, I would say yes because I really think like Magic and, and those guys would do something to get two, two key guys in this summer. Mm -hmm. If that happens, I, if, they, if that doesn't happen, I take my answer back, but it really depends on this summer. All right, and Clay, do you have any good news for Laker fans? Will they win a title by 2022? Well, I think the most fascinating thing about this entire interview is I think Bonetta and Steven have some beef here. I think there's, like, there's something a lot going of tension on. Now. I usually think there's it's between, something going on. I don't know what's going on, on here. Usually... Usually it's Sal not getting along with the guests, and I kind of, I think yes. I'm on Steven's side. I, I don't think, know what's happening. Steven, I thought we were pals. You always know. give me oh, a no, high we, five we, backstage. You always say, compliment me on my cool Don't let them separate us. Don't let them separate she us. She didn't call them or anything. Yeah, you must never Don't separate us. I got to say, this is an awful bet. The Lakers are a disaster right now. I think there's no chance that they win a championship by 2022, and in fact, I would rather bet on whether they trade away LeBron. I think mm. it's more likely the Lakers trade LeBron by 2022 yeah. than that they win a championship with him, uh, mm -hmm. which would be a hell of a story if LeBron ended up being the guy who got shipped out of L.A. in exchange for uh, more talent. Oh, he's gone. What's that? Are you off? Oh, no. Are you done? <laughs> wow. No, don't you come over here. No, 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 no. You can't just be like that. No, that's not how it this is love here. That's love not here. how it works. Here. Don't do that. Don't separate us. Thanks, I, don't, I think buddy. it's fake. I think it's all fake. Come the tension was powerful. I can feel it. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Coming up next, the guys will tell you if James Harden will go over his point total of 37 and a half Did tonight. That's a today, huge Steven? number. I smell fine, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I don't know if she smells like Rose. Now, Nick and Cece explain why Russell Westbrook's 2020-20 game is unheard of in today's NBA. All right, so if there were no context to it, it would be spectacular. You said it. There's only been one 2020-20 game in the history of the league, and it was by the guy who rewrote the record book, Wilt Chamberlain. But when you understand the context, that he went out there last night calling his shot, that he was going to do this, why did he call his shot? People have seen in the news there was the tragic murder of the rapper, philanthropist Nipsey Hussle this week in L.A. So Nipsey was a reformed gang member. His set with the Crips was rolling 60s. And he now has done, a, he did, a lot of outreach in Los Angeles to get former gang members or current gang members off the streets in either school or in businesses to help the crime in South L.A. Russ went out and said he was going to do this. 20-20-20 gets you to 60. Set when they tried to sub him out of the game late and he was a couple rebounds away, he said no. Yeah, with a minute left, yeah. He, when he got, he knew where he was statistically. When he got to the threshold, he started shouting, this is for Nip. He said in the post-game interview, 20 plus 20 plus 20, for his friend who was senselessly murdered on Sunday evening. To, this is, to me, the basketball equivalent of the Babe Ruth calling your shot. No one's ever had a game like this since Wilt. Only one in NBA history. And he has the ability to say, I'm going to do it. I am going to set my career high in rebounds. Never had a, his, his ties career high in rebounds. 21 assists. To do that in the context of it, this is why I will always cut Russ some slack on the inefficiency, on the bad shots, because he is such a singular player in NBA history on his ability to fill up the box score 
every single night. There's not another player, I would argue, in league history that could go out and say, I am, through hell or high water, going to get 15, 15, 15. And he went 20, 20, 20, and he now locked up averaging a triple-double for the third straight season. It's just... It's unbelievable what he's done. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of times we just take it for granted. Like, we don't really look at the numbers. But a number of times through the last year and a half, you've been like, oh, what is this? This is one of five. This is one of three. This is one of two. That's what he In did NBA last history. night. Yep. And what it is, it's nice that he was able to channel because as an athlete, we have these platforms to be able to stand up for a lot of different things. But he has a real connection to the situation there in Los Angeles, born and raised there, played his college basketball there, has tremendous roots there to the community. So to be able to channel that, to be able to send the message as far as what he stands for, what Nipsey was standing for, and to continue that, because there's a great relationship between the, 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 the music industry and basketball. And then Russ is like, this is more personal. And we were able to see that last night. And the only real relevance we can have was most people didn't see Wilt Chamberlain. Right. And I guarantee you when Wilt did this, people didn't know what they were seeing. And I believe we're in the same class. We didn't know what we were seeing. Now, we, we're adding a little more storyline to it because the story behind it and him calling the shot. But I think that Russ will be one of those kind of players that, man, when you look back at his stat lines in five, ten years, going to be like, is that real? Was it? pace of the game like was the game totally different russ is doing to the triple double record books what steroids did to the home run record books where 60 home runs was an untouchable number and then you look you're like wait sosa hit 60 how many four times in his career mcguire hit 70 bonds hit 73 but russ but, is the only one doing it well and he's not doing it with steroids like he's not doing <laughs> it with with artificial enhancement i lebron has 107 triple doubles in his career and his biggest skill is his all-around game. Russ has 100 in the last three years. Like, and be, he's done it so much, similar to Wilt. The argument I've made on Wilt is if his stats were 20% worse, he might be more respected because they would feel more realistic. If instead of averaging mm -hmm. 50, he averaged 45, it might feel like, oh, so maybe somebody can do that again. Russ is so lapping the field in it, we've become numb to it. We've become numb to how difficult it is and how you have to bring it every single night. And see, as an athlete, I think that's the part that I think other athletes respect the most is that every single night he's coming with the requisite intensity to do this on both sides of the ball. All right, so what about the team? That, so now where the Thunder sit, they could very easily at the playoffs end today. They're playing the Warriors. Can they compete with the Warriors? I think it was Vincent Goodwill that came out here and said the one team the Warriors are really concerned about, not the Rockets, but the Thunder. How do these two compete with This is other? what the Warriors do. If they are concerned about you, they do what they did to the Nuggets last night. So I don't believe, I like Vince's information. And behind the scenes, because players play against each other, and maybe because Russ and Paul, they bring that edge, compared differently to there is no one in Denver, there is no one guy they've had these battles with. I think that in the back of the Warriors' mind, they got a lot of respect for the Rockets because they've lost to them head-to-head. -head. And Harden and CP3, they bring a certain amount of cachet with that organization. So I don't believe that they're worried about the Thunder. I don't believe the Thunder are the threat. They don't shoot the ball well enough. And Russ is not efficient enough in these types of games to be able to defeat the Warriors because he's going to need a lot of help 
He's not going to do that. He's going to try to take it upon himself. Now, Paul George, the way he was playing the first two-thirds of the season, he, they would need that type of performance. But I don't believe Rush is efficient enough on the offensive end to be able to defeat the Warriors. I don't think OKC could beat the Warriors. I do think the Warriors would be bummed if that's who they draw in the first round because they know they're going to bring it every night. They know they're not going to be intimidated by him. But while right now if the playoffs started today, yes, it'd be Golden State, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City is tied, same record with San Antonio for the seventh spot. And could Oklahoma City beat Denver in the first round? Yes. Could they? They absolutely could beat the Denver Nuggets in the first round. Now, I don't know that anyone's going to beat the Warriors in the playoffs this year. It might be for everyone, as we said at the beginning of the year. What's your ceiling? For every team, it might be, well, how, how long until we have to play Golden State? But for Golden State, I think, would much prefer play San Antonio, which is a right. good team, or any or the Clippers, certainly, than have to deal with the Thunder, who we know how good Paul George is, and we know the intensity Russ would bring to the matchup. That matchup, whoever they're playing in the first round, it becomes very, very important. Because now we go back to last year, them getting bounced in the first round. With Paul George deciding to re-up with Russ, yeah. how would you like, as we start this long deal together, you get bounced again in the first round. So, yeah, much respect. 20-20-20, much respect to all the triple-doubles. But, bro, if you get bounced in the first round of the playoffs, it will your reputation will continue to suffer. There will continue to be the doubters of Russell. Can he be on a champ? Can he be one of the best players on a championship team? Which is why that game, in addition to the, you know, the tribute he was trying to do to Nipsey and the individual production, the win was important now. Sure. I mean, he, he went out there, he had 10 assists in the first quarter and was doing everything he could because San Antonio also won last night. They are trying to get to the seven line to avoid Golden State in the first round, so every win for them is important with a half dozen games left. Following, Brian Scalabrini joins Christine Leahy to discuss his basketball legacy and what it was like playing on the 2008 Celtics. Welcome to Fair Game. I'm Christine Leahy. Throughout his 11-year NBA career, my guest today was always a fan favorite. He won an NBA championship with the 2008 Boston Celtics. Now he's gone from playing with the Big Three to playing in the Big Three, the White Mamba, Brian Scalabrini. It's, so, uh, it's good to see you again. Yes, it is good to see you. Like, we both started when we were at the bottom. We, and, we children. I wouldn't say you were at the bottom. Well, I mean, you were an NBA player, and that, I was a child. Sure, but I also <laughs> didn't play very much, right? Oh, okay, so okay. I was at the bottom, and All right. So, but look at look you. Look at us now. Look at us now. Look at us. Unbelievable. You know what's crazy that I I don't know this because I've known you for so long. How did you start getting called White Mamba? Oh. I, I actually don't know the story. <laughs> okay, so Kobe came out with the commercial. The guy jumped over the car. Uh -huh. I always wore Kobe's shoes. So basically, from there, I said, like immediately, like call me the white mamba and oh. like there was not a it was just i mean they called him the black mamba but it wasn't like a commercial campaign okay jumped on it right away i told stacy king the uh analyst that does what i do now for the celtics he does right. it for the bulls and um he called me the white mamba within a week there was white mamba shirts and giant heads running around so that was it and it's a pretty good nickname did kobe ever acknowledge you that you are the other mamba so like the last game he was like giving his high fives and all that stuff to the people. He ripped off the, you know, get the shoes sticky, you know, all the stuff NBA players do before. Yeah, weird. He stuff. comes over me and we give a Mamba Dap. I got that picture at my a house. A Mamba yeah, Dap. Yeah. Bam. Oh, yeah. and that was the acknowledgement. Yeah, and then also when I first got on Twitter, like he held out for a while, and then I, I came back and said, uh, he said uh, the antisocial is now going social. Okay. Uh, you know, oh, Black yes, Mamba's I joining, that. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like five days later, like 
white mamba held out longer than the black mamba. Oh. And then my followers that first day was like 4,000. Mm -hmm. he, he comes in and says, welcome to Twitter, white mamba. Aww. And I go to 35,000 within, within the hour. That's really nice so I, of him. I hit him back with a, a nice pound. So. Another mama dab. Yeah, another mama dab. He wrote a whole book, you know, about the mamba mentality. I love it. So do you have a white mamba mentality? Sure, it's very different. Okay, what is it? Well, I, I can't sustain the black mamba mentality for 40 minutes a game. But I could do it for 40 seconds a game. <laughs> So I always tell my coach, you know, like everyone thought it was like I wasn't very good, so they put me in at the end of games. Yeah. No, no, I'm thing. at my best at the oh. end of games. Were the coaches always cool with that? Um, so I embraced it later in my career. I mean, really, one of my no, only No, I know, regrets. but you're later in your career coaches. Like, were they, did they always give you that time? Well, I, I started like chirping at them a little bit okay. earlier, like, mm -hmm. come on, guys, you know, the people want this. Yeah. Come on, guys, gotta give them what they want. Mm -hmm. And the coaches would look at the score. <laughs> and they'd say, look up, and they're like, we're up 20. They look at the time. <laughs> Could he possibly lose a 20-point lead in four minutes? Maybe I'll wait another 30 seconds. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I go in. Oh. And I, but I, the, the time I had the, the best with it was with Thibodeau. Come on, Tibbs. When you were with go. the Bulls? Like, he would look down the bench. And I, I go like this. Like. <laughs> well, and knowing Tibbs, he does not care. He needs to be up by like 50. To That's how he thinks, day. right? Yeah. Come on, we got to give him what they want. Let's go. Would he let's, do it? Let's go. He'd wait. And then the crowd would go nuts and stuff like that. But um, I don't have the same relationship that the rest of the media has with him. Right. Like he clowns me. I clown him. Yeah. We're, we're serious when we have to be. Right. But I feel like we don't have to be serious when we're up by 20. You could put me in the game. Did it feel weird when you were in Chicago and they were doing the Scalabrini chants? No. Nah. Because that was like a, such a Boston thing. It, they did it in New Jersey too. People don't know that. But I, well, yeah, because it's a Boston no, thing. No, it's because I played a lot in New no. Jersey. <laughs> if I've already played like 20 minutes and yeah. I'm out of the game, they can't re-chant for me to go in. Okay, wait, I want to talk about New Jersey because the 2001 draft class, I don't think people give the Nets enough credit because Richard Jefferson and you, who knew, future Sh NBA champions. Sure. But if they redrafted based off a of personality, you know I'd go one and he'd go two. Oh, yeah, yeah. does that kind of sting you a little bit? No, I mean I'm okay with it. I'm I'm okay with with the whole like who I am and I can it, tell. Yeah, I'm not yeah. like a lot of people have a hard time. You know, like nowadays everything is social media this and social media oh, that. Egos Everybody has problems with social media. Mm -hmm. No, I'm like I'm good with. I've always been like that, and I think it's the reason why. I played 11 years just because I didn't know exactly who I was. Yeah. I wasn't trying to be something I'm not. I was trying to refine, re, refine who I was. Sure. And, uh, and uh, Richard Jefferson was great. I, I went, you know, he had this awesome apartment. There's a legendary apartment story with Jefferson oh. in New York. Okay. And I attended the legendary apartment one time. I walked in. I hung out for the day, maybe that was the a night. legendary. Let's just move on. No, no, no. You can say whatever you want here. Well, yeah, it's legendary. This is the other kind of shows. No, it's because for a young guy uh -huh. in, in New York, it okay. wasn't like how it is now where, like, every player dates, like, a Kardashian and every player is, like, as famous as. Like, back oh. in the day, NBA players just had normal girlfriends really? and normal wives. They weren't all celebrities and stuff. Why, did it, why do you think it changed? Social media. Oh, because they like find each other on social media. Well, no, like if you're dating like an Instagram star, yeah. that's like a big deal. Yeah, why? It just is what it is. But <gasps> okay, so back before to the parties, that, back to the so it was like I walked in. There's okay. like Sports Illustrated swimsuit models, Victoria's Secret models, oh. and hung out there one day. All right. And then I realized as I was walking away, like if I'm gonna play in the NBA, 
I cannot attend this place any longer. Why? Once I got to the league, I realized, dude, I can't do it. I, I want to be here forever. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Everyone can have a little crazy no, time. No, no, no. I just, I, I couldn't. I okay. couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't play around. I couldn't mess around. I had to watch what I ate. I had to not drink. I had to do. If oh, I didn't do that, I would have been out of it. Okay. And I knew that. And once again, I was okay with okay, it. Okay, so you were disciplined. Yeah, because if I wasn't, I'd be gone. Finally, Skip and Shane discuss the possibility of LeBron missing his first All-NBA team in 14 years and how the Lakers can change their course next season. This is not about reputation. It is about production here and now this year. It's not about last year. It's not about the year before. It's not about getting to the finals eight straight years in the Eastern Conference. No. This is what have you done for me lately as in this year. Okay. So LeBron James in the games he started for the Lakers, mm -hmm. the games he played in for the Lakers, the team finished 28 and 27. Okay. So that's a key number to remember here because production as far as impacting scoreboard was very low given how high the bar is set for LeBron right. James, right? Right. So we had career worst free throw percentage. We talked that yes. to death, but we, we know that happened. And we had his, his um, career worst defensive win shares and second worst offensive win shares. So, so again, on impact overall, his PER was the third worst of his career. So, in impact on the scoreboard, LeBron had an off year for whatever. Right. He was groin, whatever. I, I, I don't know what happened. I only know this. these are the facts. Okay. This is what you bring to the table when you evaluate, does he belong on the second team? No, he does not belong on the second team. Now, let's talk about the third team. There's one man for sure that belongs on the third team, and that is LaMarcus Aldridge of the San Antonio Spurs. He has been a war horse for them all year. He has carried them, and he is a rim pro Hector. But Skip, he's mainly a five. We play him at the five. Okay, so? Yeah, okay, put him okay. at the five. He ain't going to take one of the forward spots. Okay. okay, but you have to put him at a forward. Okay, yeah. he's yeah. not considered a center. I, I get you that he plays that role. That's what he, him, yeah. But he will be evaluated as a forward, and he will be on the third team. Because if I just do estimated wins added, which is a big third-level stat in the mm -hmm. NBA, LaMarcus is 13th to LeBron's 17th ranking in the league. So he he had four spots better, and the Spurs are 45 and 33, and they are in the playoffs, and obviously the Lakers are not in the playoffs. So that's big advantage, LaMarcus Okay, Aldridge. big advantage, big advantage. Okay, all right. So that leaves one spot left. And I'm going to throw this out because this is a team that is now 47 and 31 and a shock to everybody's system in the NBA, and that is Doc Rivers' Clippers. I told you before the year, I think the Clippers are going to be better than the Lakers. That I, I can't – the injuries happen, so it might have skewed everything. And maybe it should disqualify that whole premise. But the point was, this, this is a shocking success story. There are 47 and 31 the Clippers. Who is their best player? Gallinari is their mm. best player, who's having a career year because – He's 20 and 6. It's not LeBron numbers, but he is shooting 43% from the three-point line as a big guy. Six, what is he, 6'11", probably? Yeah. Lou Williams might be their best player, though. I, well, you can make a case, but as far as a starter, yeah. okay, okay. It's, it's this guy. Yeah. As a stalwart, it's this guy. Gallinari is shooting 91% from the free throw line. That's extraordinary because it goes Brogdon and Steph and Dame, those three, and then he's fourth at 91% at 6'10", 6'11", what do you, right. whatever. That, that's extraordinary. So on just, when you add in the true shooting percentage there, he's, he ranks right there. He's just behind James Harden in overall shooting evaluation. Right. Second level stats, okay? Well, does, does that merit 
third team All NBA. Yeah, maybe? we'll 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 give you honorable mention, but okay. you're not getting on third team with no twenty and six. But anyway, okay. okay, let's just say this. Okay, let's uh, KD. You say KD's gonna be on the uh, first team All he NBA. Will be. He's playing with Steph and Clay. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a a plus or a minus? Who's the best player on the team? I'm just asking. Who you is the question. best player? I, I'm, skip, I'm just asking you a play, question. I, I ask a question to you. Who what? is the back-to-back Finals MVP for the Golden State Warriors? I, I don't know about the back. Yes. The back. Thank See, the, you. Hold on. This is what we know about mm-hmm. Finals. The back Finals MVP is based on seven. Is based on four, five, six, or seven games. Mm-hmm. Regular season MVP is based on. 82 games. Okay. Steph Curry has been back-to-back regular season MVP, and he won one of those awards by more votes than anybody else, which means he was unanimous. Mm. Not Will, not Michael, not LeBron, not KD, not okay. Larry or Magic or Kareem okay. have ever won the award unanimous. Who's, the, who's the closer for Steph, Golden State? Skip, it's not Steph Curry. Okay. It's Kevin Skip, I'm, Skip, I'm Durant. Just trying to ask, can I ask you a question? I just want yep. to ask you a question. Okay. I'm answering. Okay. Steph and Clay with Paul George. He has Russ. Okay. Is that a plus or a minus? It's a plus, but he changed okay. life in Oklahoma City. Okay. And by the way, he said, I want no part of LaMarcus Aldridge. Using LaMarcus Aldridge. He has DeMar DeRozan. Is that a plus or a minus? <laughs> a lot of nights, it's a minus. Oh. Don't get me started. But you say he closes. Yeah. You love the way he closes. He, he can close been. better than number two. That's what you said. Yeah, but now Derek White is assuming that okay. role. Okay. Okay. And you said Blake Griffin. You mm-hmm. mentioned Blake? I haven't mentioned him yet, but you can he's in the conversation because his team is also in the playoffs, albeit in the East. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. he has Andre Drummond. Okay, LeBron. Now, of the guys that I named that could possibly mm-hmm. be all NBA, mm-hmm. name the guy that LeBron plays with that's comparable to anyone that I named with those other guys. Mm. Well, there were stretches, Ingram, Kuzma, Lonzo. There are stretches where I said, those kids are really Hold good. On. So I want you to tell me the mm-hmm. stretch. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about Armstrong. Mm-hmm. When Ingram, Kuzma, JaVale, mm-hmm. Lonzo, mm-hmm. Hondo, mm-hmm. or anybody else yeah. was better than Stephen Clay, was better than Russ, was better than DeRozan, mm-hmm. or was better than Andre Drummond, who's 17 and 15. I just need to know which one. Okay. I just need to know which player does Shannon Sharp dig in and still say is the best player on the planet, like by far? Look, by far. Skip. No, 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 no. That guy. Skip, hold on. He's the best 28 player. 28 and 27 this year. Hold on. Hold on. 28 and 27. Hmm. Hold on. I don't know. Skip, he's the best player. Mm-hmm. But it's like Usain Bolt, where he was blowing people away in the first, in, in what, in Rio, in the first Olympic. Mm-hmm. And then they started getting closer and closer. And then the world, the championships, mm-hmm. he got beat by Justin Gatlin. He did. So the gap is not what it used to be. They uh-huh. closed. They gave I mean, right, K- KD. KD, I mean, KD coming. <laughs> I mean, because that's, that's all we worry about, KD. James Harden, oh, James Harden, too. The, the game, Braun used to run it. He ain't never looked back. Shannon. Never looked back. he's looking back. AD arrived two years ago. No, he didn't arrive. And, and you're still living in the past. I ain't living in nothing. I'm living right down the future. I, he, I told you, Skip. Nah, this, in the middle of October, that's when, that's when, that's when basketball season's going to kick off. In the middle of October 2019. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Okay. People gonna be in a heap of trouble. Okay. Because he hears all. He knows all. So I just want okay. you to know. I ain't feeding him this. I'm not telling him what I don't tell him. I don't want you to know. I just want you to know. I don't share this information when he and I communicate. I hope that in the middle of October, next October, that LeBron James is the third wheel on his team. Because if that's Man, the case, if that's the case, you are good to go. You are back in business. 
Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.